0: everything down the geeky rabbit hole, and I am one of your hosts, R.D. Van Houten, along with Ian Bensman and Andy Bishop, and we are here to talk about all things geeky and to have just a generally good fucking time, really.
1: That's, yeah, that was a very regal entrance. I think way. so. Yeah, that was I think actually so. very grand. I heard trumpets. Good.
2: Yeah, good. We can, we can add that yeah. in post, That's right? That's true.
1: The trumpets? That's very true. We,
0: we can. Okay, because I,
2: I didn't hear them. Well, they're always playing in my head, so. Oh, okay. That makes sense.
0: It's like Peter Griffin theme music.
1: Yeah, yeah, sweet. That and surfing Bird.
0: Right, exactly. So a lot of cool things have happened since, well, we've decided to come up with this show. And yeah. we're kind of doing a little bit of catch-up, not going to lie. Um, but big things popped. Popped, it, yes, yeah, they've popped. Yes, popped and, and blew and, up and, go- and exploded and, and
1: froze and... That segues, or segues into Game of Thrones.
0: Yes, exactly. Game of Thrones, Season 7. Mm. How does everyone feel about Game of Thrones, Season 7?
2: A lot of ups and downs. Mm, yeah, you know, I was a little, was a little disappointed. You a book mean, reader? You know, my wife is. Um, I don't know uh, the, the written word because the uh, written word is evil uh, and demonic. Uh, no. Uh, my wife reads the books and complains all the time about how things are different. But, you know, I, I like to take things as, uh, from a filmmaker's perspective, you know, it, it's different. You know, they take their creative liberties with this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I didn't like how short the season was. That's my first gripe. And, and the second thing is come on, the dragon? Yeah, the dragon
1: man. Well, that's see, that's funny. Our D has a different issue with the dragon, okay?
0: (laughs) So, yes, we're talking about episode six, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. which would be the equivalent of the episode nine, the dreaded episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first of all, why did the Night's King go for what was it, Rhaegal? I don't know. The flying. Is Rhaegar? or whatever. Why did he go for Biserion, whichever the the It was Ray Ramon. It was uh, Ray Romano. Uh, Yeah. I'm a Ray. I'm a dragon. I got to fly around. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, first of all, why did he go for the flying dragon when Drogon was just perched easy, not moving around shot? But then, what about scuba zombies, man? Apparently... We've we've confirmed in the show that whites can't swim. So how did they get down there with those giant iron chains? Where did they get those iron chains? And how did they get down there to you know, drag for, for, him out of the water?
1: Forget that a frozen dude threw a fucking spike at a dragon.
0: Yeah, no, forget no, no, all that. No, it's
1: all about it's all about how they got it out of the water. Yeah, it's the logistics. I can't of it. believe that. Well, it's about it's not possible.
0: Well, it's the book thing, man, because George R. R. Martin so on point about. I mean how long the the travel is and like how tedious the journeys are from place to place and it's like yeah but that doesn't months. work on a tv show though but it did in the beginning sort of. remember mm-hmm. how long it took ned stark to get to king's landing it took him like, like three, three episodes,
2: episodes. yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> well i mean i think they wanted to give us time That's to, to build the with the characters you know to learn who these people were for the people that weren't you know fans of the book that that you know needed that time to understand you know who the starks were and who the baratheons were plus all the incest as far as the chains go there's fun fact there's actually a ye old costco down the street from where the dragon was pulled (laughs) up and so they just went there got the chains you know from a very nice fella named uh greg and uh, he he was very old sometimes they call him old greg and they they just got the change from old Greg, gave sometimes. him quite the deal.
0: Well, there is like actually like George yeah. R. R. Martin works like about his science fiction work mm-hmm. that like there's a theory that that could work. Yeah, there's a theory
1: that it's like post-apocalyptic yeah. Earth or some
0: yeah, kind of like that. no kidding. Yeah, or, or it's like in a different dimension, part of this other multiple world series. I forget the Ten Thousand World Series is what it is, and. Hmm. Earth is one of those. What is this? Crisis
2: on Infinite Earths. Yeah, that's a different episode, Andy.
0: Oh, sorry. So overall, what would you guys rate it out of? Let's say ten.
1: You know, some episodes I'd give a ten, and some episodes I'd give a four. It was very up and down for me. Some of the information, like you got that you really wanted to hear, but it was way too on the head, or like it was very much given to you in a way that was like, "All right, awesome, I want this information, but I don't want it this way," you know. And it was very like really awesome crap would happen, and then it'd be really, really boring. And then really awesome crap would happen. It's kind of like what's Walking Dead's turned into.
0: Yeah, Whatever. see, I stopped watching Walking Dead after the mm-hmm. uh, Terminus season. Oh, but that was Where raids. the, the, the cannibals. That. Yeah, that was crazy. That was the last season I saw. Fair enough. You know,
2: if I had to rate it, I would probably give it three dragons and two Sandor Kilgates. <laughs> that's a solid <laughs> that's rating. That's, a, solid that's rating. a pretty solid rating, because, yeah. you know, yeah. dragons are quite valuable. They and, are. That's uh, true.
0: Like nuclear weapons, right? You know,
2: or maybe okay. now I have a to give it two dragons and one zombis dragon. Mm. Mm.
1: Is that what it is? A zombis dragon? It's not
2: a zombie dragon. It's a zombis dragon. Zombi-
1: what about? is What do you call multiple zombis dragons?
2: Uh, zombies. Zombies. Yeah, zom- yeah. Zombies. And sometimes when they when they go to a dance party, they get in like a, like a zombie line. Uh, like, ah. Yeah. Like much like a conga line. Yeah, a zombie but, line. Zom- right. Line. See, you guys didn't think that this was gonna happen when you brought me
0: in. This I'm 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 I was educating pretty sure. you guys I was
1: pretty sure pretty sure this would happen.
0: No, we, I, I was ready. I'm ready for anything. <laughs> well that's good.
1: Just wait till we pull out the disco ball.
0: Well I'm gonna give it a seven. A solid seven. And basically I really loved the the cinematics. I loved everything about a lot of things I really liked about the show, but there were some things like Arya technically, kind of ipso facto being the best fighter in Westeros because she bested Brienne, who bested Sandor Clegane, who we all know will win Clegane Bowl. It's like six. I mean, they're sixth, both going to die in Clegane Bowl. Six Kevin
1: Bacon in Game of Thrones world.
0: When the mountain and Sandor, when the mountain and the Hound go head to head in the end, they're both going to die. We know that, right? <laughs>
1: well, sure, we know that.
0: That's just how that's, it's going. It's
1: known. It is known.
0: Right, so anyway, moving past Game of Thrones, because it's over, we're going to talk about something else that's also over, and that's Rick and Morty.
2: Oh, Morty, Morty, it's time to talk about our
0: show. Oh, jeez, Rick,
2: I don't know. It's pretty fucking
0: good. Yeah, 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 well,
2: I I practiced for the show. I just do a half-decent
1: meat wad.
0: It is good, though. You do a good meat wad. You might as well not, well, now I'm on the spot. Now, he doesn't want to do a meat rod no, no, no. Yeah, because now. he knows that
2: I can do a good meat rod because sometimes I, I like to play outside and roll around in the dope.
1: So sometimes when we're outside, we have these conversations where it's like, i will meat rod and he's meat rod.
2: It's two meat It's rods. two meat rods.
0: You guys must smoke a lot of weed or something. Uh, no. I, I do. Yeah. He does. I definitely do. Yeah. Guilty. 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 But I have my med card, so it's legal. It's legal. Legally. Legal. So anyway, Rick and Morty, awesome season, my favorite mm-hmm. season so far. First episode to the last episode, I liked them all. I really didn't dislike any The only any one episode. that kind of bugged me
1: was the uh, the Mad Max one.
0: Yeah, that was a little, I, I could agree with you there.
1: But besides that, I thought it was for every episode to be like, no, this was my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. No, this yeah. is my new favorite episode. No, this is my new favorite episode. Like the one on the Citadel, yeah, was genius. Genius.
0: There, there was ten weeks straight where you and I would come into oh, work yeah. and be like,
1: "Oh yeah, the Morty's Mind better's thing." Like it started if, off mm-hmm. kind of, and then the second they hit True Level, yeah. I died. I was dying the whole, re- and then the squirrels, and just I was the whole rest of the episode. I was literally laughing.
2: I fell off my couch. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen a, a reference to Furiosa in the Mad Max episode. You that know, was a little it, weird. It was. I mean, or you know, maybe Summer could have gotten her arm cut off. And then Rick could have been like, oh, "All right, all right, Summer, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make you an arm uh, because you won't you won't stop bitching about not having an arm, and I'm I'm sick of listening listening to you. I hate my grandkids. I hate my grandkids. <laughs> Anytime we talk about Rick and Morty, that's getting pulled out. Dude, you nail it, though. Pull out whatever you want. I, I, this is a children's show, sir. <laughs> it's a fucking children's
1: I was gonna show. I going to say, I think I've said fuck a few times already. Yeah, we've, we've covered... Well, we are not the Catholic yeah. Church here.
0: Yeah, no, definitely not the Catholic Church, as far as children's shows go. Oops. Boom. Rim shot. Rim job. I mean, rim shot.
1: And on that, and on that note, um, Black Panther trailer came out. Uh, Hot dog. Oh, yeah, show. I mean, there is
0: a bunch of awesome Marvel stuff. Yeah. In the in the in the wings and coming out here soon. So
2: can I say that there were only two white guys on the poster? The and that's because they were the Tolkien white guys. The Tolkien yes, white guy. guys. I wanted yeah. to work that Got in there Gollum and
1: Bilbo. Look, I think it's fantastic. It's good, I think
2: it's fantastic that they're taking an IP like, you know, Black Panther. And and really staying true to it, you know the you know the the essence behind when Black Panther was created was was to to empower that movement and and so just just like with Luke Cage that that series was you know I felt really true to uh, the source material and I'm just so looking forward to Black Plus Panther. Plus the team behind it, Ryan oh, Coogler is mm-hmm. quickly
1: becoming one of my favorite directors. I mean Creed Creed, I was not expecting Creed to be halfway decent let alone as great as it was and then uh, Fruitvale Station is another fantastic film Michael B. Jordan's in both of those and now he's in Black Panther and but yeah, Ryan Coogler, is someone. Wait, to he's watch. in Black Panther. Yeah, he's a. So he's, he's pulling a Killm- Eric Killmonger. So he's
2: pulling. He's pulling a Chris Evans. He's pulling a Chris. Oh, Evans. Oh goodness.
1: Yeah, except he might actually end up in another one of these because you know there's no there's not another Fantastic Four
2: happening. I, th- I thought I heard rumors that they were grumbling about it the, again.
1: From what I heard is that it's or, sorry, Red is that they're gonna focus more on the kids and yeah. the future foundation and less on. And and there's also apparently a solo Victor Von Doom movie coming out, but not the Doom from the one they just put out.
2: Hmm. So what did we think of the Black Panther trailer? What what did it do to us?
0: Well, you know what we can do? We can watch it. I think or that's a can, splendid yeah, idea. We can play it, and we also have a special guest that's coming in. Very special guest. Uh, He's actually
1: you know, had a chance to work on a Black Panther book back in the day and is the co-creator of Marvel's Misty Knight, now on Marvel's Luke Cage and Dead Defenders and various Marvel Netflix shows. He'll be in the studio with us uh, right after the trailer.
0: Yep, so uh, Jake, why don't you go ahead and launch that trailer, bud, and we're going to bring in Arvel vell Here on Geek Tame Weekly. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But
1: I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's
2: go, go. go.
1: We own now, we own now, we only getting started now,
2: cause we own now, you gotta think they know me now, cause we own now, you and I'm my homie now. cause
3: we own now. I-, I waited my entire life for this. The world's gonna start over. I'ma burn it all. What happens now
2: determines what happens to the rest of the world.
3: You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. Wakanda forever! The revolution will not be televised. Let's have some fun.
0: We are back after that awesome trailer for the Black Panther movie. The new Black Panther movie looks fantastic. Looks
1: beyond fantastic.
0: And we are also here with a very special guest, Mr. Arvel Jones. What's up, Arvel? How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. Thanks for joining us. Oh, Thanks for having me.
0: Very honored to have you here today. Very honored.
1: Especially for our first show, your first guest. Uh, We're very happy that you're here. Very, very happy. So, we were talking about before we played the trailer. Have you had a chance to see the new Black Panther trailer at all?
3: Yes. I I take a little look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's exciting. I've actually, and I'm maybe not supposed to say this, but uh, I actually worked on some of the poster work. Oh, wow. Whoa. uh, That's
1: awesome. So, I got a
3: chance to. Oh. Really I don't want to cool. hear nothing. I, I
2: know that Ian loves spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, well, yeah. I want to be surprised.
1: On the spoilers, depends on the spoilers. But yes, I I, I want to go into it as clean as possible. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, awesome.
3: I won't go into any of it. We're not even uh, we, supposed to have said
1: that. We we know the Marvel snipers <laughs> we are special. everywhere. Yeah. We, we know the Marvel snipers are everywhere. Even though there's no windows into this room. Right. They'd find a way <laughs> in, the, in the ventilation system or something. Right. Yeah. They can find Hugo Weaving. They can find anyone. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I know. I found an awesome uh, picture of the Black Panther that you drew. I'm trying to pull it up right now, but it's kind of lagging out on me here.
3: Oh, it's probably a commission that I've done. I keep getting asked. Whoa! Keep yeah. getting yeah. asked <laughs> you had to draw him. Jake's got it.
1: So we so we were talking a little <laughs> bit before about how that, how you ended up getting in through kind of Black Panther
3: to an extent. Um, It's, yeah, well, Black Panther was the first project that I worked on uh, for Marvel under Rich Buckler, who was also a Detroit uh, native. I met Rich when I was like 16 years old and in in high school, I went to Cass Tech, and uh, we used to meet at a bookstore in uh, uh, Hamtramck, Michigan called Altular's Bookstore, which was right off of Joseph Campo and she, uh, um, I can't even remember the side street now, but but it was right on another general college. area, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. And um, uh, you know, we used to go in this bookstore, as an old store, and they just had a little section. There were no comic book stores, so to speak. So this is mm-hmm. an old used bookstore, and uh, there they had a couple of boxes of comics that he was, you know, as he bought estates and people would bring their collections in, he would just throw them in the box and. They would be different every week or every two weeks. Or, so, you know, there were a couple of comics I kind of <laughs> took out that I couldn't afford and kind of put them to the side. And Rich found them, <laughs> and he was holding on to. It. I said, "Hey, what are you doing with those books?" And he says, well, "I'm buying them." And I said, "Those are my books." He says, "Well, why are they still in the store?" You know. And we got to be friends behind that. But behind behind meeting him, I also. It sort of went from the best-kept secret to the worst-kept secret because I kept looking around, and every other week, there'd be somebody new coming in. We all got together at one point and decided we all love comics. Mm -hmm. We all wanted to be in the business, and with Rich Buckler kind of leading the show, we all decided to make a pact that if one of us could get in, we would all get in. And so that group included uh, Jim Starlin, Wow. who was, you know, creator of Thanos yeah, and little, you know, Guardians, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. half the Guardians of the Galaxy. Just, you know. uh, uh, Terry Austin, who pretty much was John Byrne's inker on yeah. X-Men and was the X-Men inker like forever. Uh, Mike uh, Nasser, who became uh, Mike Naser a little later on, worked on... Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you're good <laughs> oh, to do that. Yeah, Yeah, those... Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, who became the uh, uh, the uh, anchor on, uh, and, uh, and the artist on uh, Green Arrow, and he worked for Neil Adams for a long time. He's sort of a Neil Adams clone,
4: Fair.
3: <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, 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 Keith Pollard, who drew, you know, the first artist to draw the Fantastic Four and Spider-Man at the same time. That's you know, awesome. You know, from Detroit. Al Milgram, who be- was an editor and also... Uh, got in under Jim Starlin as his inker. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot, there are just so many people. Mike Vosberg who uh, drew Wonder Woman, and and you guys yeah. were
0: also part of creating mm-hmm. one of the first Comic Cons too, the Detroit Triple Fan Fair.
3: Oh yeah, well, Rich and myself and uh, Tom Orsakowski and a couple, a few other guys, we got on the committee and we started bringing more guests. Which was, uh, triple fanfare was like, you know, uh, science fiction, horror, and comics. Right, right. And, you know, but the comic side was kind of underrepresented back then. When we got involved, all of a sudden we were bringing uh, Bernie Wrightson and... You know, his whole very crew cool. with Mike Kaluta and all those guys. We started bringing a bunch of people in there, and it became more of a comic book convention. It's funny, it's awesome. funny you say that,
1: because I feel like a lot of the comic conventions have kind of came back around to being more about the entertainment side of things.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, New York City Comic Con, I'd say, I'd say, is still very much about the comics. Mm-hmm. But even that's slowly kind of moving towards, like, San Diego Comic Con, where it's like you're going to watch a panel for a movie.
3: Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that's... Um, You know, it's because, as Neil said to me when, you know, uh, last time I saw him, uh, he says, we're taking over the world now. Because, you know, when you say comics, really you're saying entertainment because a Mm. lot of the movies, a lot of things that are happening start off as comic books, you know. People don't even know some of this stuff. Right. You know, they think it's just Marvel and DC, but it's a lot more than that. Oh, I'm a big image guy. I'm a big image
1: reader. Uh, (laughs) Black Science uh, from Rick Remender is one of my all-time favorite books i yeah. love black science image yeah. I, I actually used to work at a comic book store comic city
3: oh yeah okay um, and mm-hmm. um
1: that uh which the, one The uh, back when it was in novi oh we were, and oh. then when it moved to uh, Walled wald lake commerce area, okay
3: know, okay 14 i've been in there
1: oh yeah no, <laughs> great great store bob and jill are great people that's mm-hmm. um I, and I, I ended up working there right around um when the image boom started to happen like right when everyone's like oh wait the first issue of walking dead is worth how much maybe I should start (laughs) buying these books and and just some amazing stuff was coming out yeah amazing it's still some amazing stuff still coming out from image now you have boom and you have all these other smaller publishers and they're bringing back archie and now archie's all serious and murdery (laughs) and and, uh they just crossed over batman and over fud and like you know all these really (laughs) interesting yeah I love, I love it. I've been reading comics since I was a little kid, so this is great. I love it.
0: See, I feel like I'm in catch-up time because yeah. I like I started reading comics cuz I started painting and that as a hobby and then I really Enjoyed the artwork and the storylines with comic books. So I've only been reading comics for like three years now, and oh. I'm, I'm catching up. Like, <laughs> okay. and since I've met him, he's probably caught me up on.
1: Yeah, I think in the first week we met, everything we definitely, important. Like, I gave him a giant list. I'm like, oh, you got to read this, and you got to read this, and you got to read this, and you got to read this, I know oh, if you haven't read this, you got to read this. You're right. Yeah. You know, because working my way through them. Well, because cool, not only does Image of DC when they did the New Fifty Two, right. I thought it had some really great stuff, and. Marvel's kind of moved into their yearly volume cycle, I guess they're moving back to the legacy things, but you know, it's 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 constantly changing now. You know, oh, before definitely. it was very much status quo and now it's very much you never really know.
3: You, where things are going,
1: yeah. go. exactly.
2: I'm actually well, kind of curious as to, mm-hmm. so what are some of the, the comic stories or, or characters or things that really impacted you as an artist, that really made you who you are today?
3: Well, I, I, you know, never really regarded myself as just an artist. I kind of thought of myself as a creator for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the art, the comics, is just one media. You know, anybody that's, that's coming up with ideas and things, I mean, it's, and it's showing now, it's translatable to TV, it, you know, movies, whatever. And uh, so what got me started was I wanted to be, a, you know, a film director. Wow. And uh, my father, you know, in his ultimate wisdom, decided that he'd steer me as an artist because he didn't want to buy that that video. That actually it was a film camera back mm-hmm. then. There were no video mm-hmm. cameras, yeah. so he didn't want to buy me that eight millimeter film camera, the film, the projector, and all of that stuff. And he the thought, processing, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and all of, and the lights and the tripods oh, and the, yeah. you know he didn't want to to do that so he played along i think he played along right he claims he never did but we went to the the department store he looked at all the prices and then said when you can do something that people will buy i'll invest in you and get you this stuff well i kept working and kept trying to prove it you know selling comic book ideas and stories to my friends my teachers and everything he never bought it he said, ah, those are teachers those are your friends those are your aunts right. they're gonna support you right yeah you know, i'm talking about strangers and then one or two strangers don't make a difference so i'm saying now i'm working at marvel i'm working at dc i'm uh, being published all over the world right you know i'm yeah. ready for my camera dad he says well you're making enough money now buy you yourself. yourself. That, that that was the true gift all along you're taught right. You taught you to fish you're right you know that's
1: really funny i i've actually i've talked to a lot of you know yeah i've, you know, I've go to comic cons all the time i talked to a lot of artists and a lot, a lot of a lot of the artists and writers i've talked to wanted to start in film um I, I was very fortunate i got to meet jeff johns a handful of years ago he was in town for a signing mm. and he went to michigan state for yeah. film right. and um, how apparently how he got into comics was he was he called Richard Donner's production company and uh, was trying to get an internship kept right. getting transferred around and apparently eventually Richard Donner answered the phone wow and mm-hmm. so he ended up working for him there in New York uh, met someone from Marvel ended up working at Marvel mm-hmm. ended up in DC and now we know right. where Jeff Johns is at but I just thought that was very interesting you know because I want to do make me I want to be a director I know Andy mm-hmm. wants to direct film and and we both love comics, so may- maybe we'll let it we <laughs> Hey,
2: question. Who's Jeff Johns? <laughs> is that it? Is that no, you? that's not a serious question. Why would I be on a, you know, a program called Geek Taming? I, yeah, I know you know who you Jeff Johns is. is.
1: <laughs> do you want me to explain? No,
2: it's called comedy, Ian. Yeah. I'm doing oh. comedy. <laughs> I,
1: I'm not funny. I don't know. <laughs> that's why I'm here.
0: So before the show, um, Buzz, our executive vice president here, and my father... <laughs> Name drop. (laughs) Name drop. We look too much alike. You know, definitely not the milkman. Funny story. (laughs) Their
1: names are exactly the same. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I got one of his checks once, and I thought, like, yay. Yeah, and then I was asked, well, didn't you look at the
1: check? And I'm like, yeah, I did. They have the exact same name.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Family's getting this thing going. But you guys were talking about Fantasticon, and what – Give me a little bit about that. I'm I, I'm unfamiliar with Fantasticon and everything that's going on with that. And you know, well, that was a, in...
3: the the one that me and your father were in, was involved. Yeah. With. It was a website. It was similar to what what you guys are doing here for the most part, except it was all internet based. Cool. And uh, you know, in fact, I I met your father because we were looking for an income stream for it. But the idea at the time was early in the internet. Nobody knew how you were going to make money from the internet. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was so early, they were not calling it the internet. They were calling it the super information highway. Oh, I, I remember those. <laughs> <days>. oh, <wow. laughs> Almost. Yeah. It's, uh, it's
1: before, the, before porn. <laughs> I think porn's always bad. It's that's, that's like the cornerstone of the internet.
3: Well, Guys, that's not what Al Gore invented the internet for. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think porn was really just getting started. It was a concept. You know? <laughs> the concept. So you get two people in a room. <laughs> Sometimes three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how it went. <laughs> says, we're gonna make money with this somehow. <laughs> so you guys were <laughs> right.
0: So you guys what, you guys were talking you guys were covering like a lot of stuff? Like, we're covering now, right? Yeah, Like, a lot of comic book-related stuff, art-related stuff, things like that?
3: Yeah, we looked at it like if it had a fan base, we were covering it. Right. You know, for the most part. So, we had, uh, of course, the comic book, you know, I had a lot of contacts in that area. So, it was a natural place for us to start.
4: Of course. And,
3: uh, you know, for the most part, what we did was uh, interview, you know, uh, various artists and writers and tried to... Get as much information as we could, so we could scoop people, and then mm-hmm. you know, there was a showcase for the for new new titles and things like that. But then we also cover hip hop, and we, you know, we, we cover okay. you know you know science fiction authors, movies, then video games, and all of that. You know, right. is what we it
1: literally sounds mm-hmm. like you made something for the three people in this room.
0: Right. <laughs> right, right. right. Exactly. So was I'm this told. like the, the early '90s or late '80s? Or? It was
3: a. It was the. Uh, the early to mid-90s okay. Okay. is when we started it. And the only thing different about our website than anybody else's was that we had some technology that when they registered, now it's done all the time. But back then, when you registered, the site came to you. You didn't have to go to the site anymore.
1: uh, Oh, you're the reason I get all those emails (laughs) now. Well,
3: actually, the technology is now used to update your computers with with new software. Of course. Okay, that's what it's used for now. But back then, you know, it would change your background screen. It would bring up what was called an info pack, which Mm -hmm. would be a little notice that would come up, and then you click that, and then it would, you know, launch a, a, uh, a trailer for a movie or a trailer for a video game or show you some comic books it was whatever you registered to get so this was back when aol was the thing (laughs) yeah yeah
1: i still have all
0: those
3: (laughs) r-i-p-a-i-m
1: yeah
0: how many how many discs did everybody get in the mail i still remember my my
1: aol email address it was skywa 86708
0: mine was chronic nugster it would it would be (laughs) i didn't
2: have aol
1: (laughs) 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 what did you
3: i started doing oh
2: i had i had some uh local ecos computers dial up internet that never worked what was the other <laughs> one
0: there was like netgear something netgear. like that yeah,
1: yeah. Netgear. Yeah. um <laughs> and then at t became something else and then became at&t what, right. what, oh, what was
2: that it was you know what
1: was it was it at t became singular and then someone else created an at&t and then that, AT, that
2: at&t bought Singular or something like that. <laughs> no wow, idea. we are really going down the yeah. rabbit yeah. hole. Yeah. That's <laughs> how we do. We go Pun down intended.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so let's also mm-hmm. talk about one of your more popular characters that has really hit the scenes. Big on the screen too now, Barry, Misty yeah, Knight. Misty Knight. Mm. Yeah, she,
3: she just got popular a couple of years. You know, a couple of years ago. Before that, she yeah. Was, in the nobody comics, she, and actually, you know, in
1: the in the comics a few years ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. she had a pretty important role in some of the stuff that was going on. When I remember went by when I was working at the comic book store, she was popping up in a lot of places.
3: Yeah. Well, they were. You know, Marvel was definitely trying to, you know, get her as part of the universe because they kind of recognized that there weren't that many female black female superheroes mm-hmm. you know so there was storm and everybody thought she was the first but actually misty was the first uh, she beat storm by three months that's awesome and... nice <laughs> well, plus too,
1: she's all she's always been intertwined with like iron you know you brought her in an iron fist and right she's been intertwined with you know luke cage and iron fist and all those street level characters since the yeah. beginning so i think it only fits that they have her on the show
3: oh yeah you know when i look back now and and think about it i said gee she's had quite a life since i created her because i only you know drew her in uh maybe two pages and about six panels (laughs) <laughs> you know, at Marvel and then they took me off and put me on another book. Mm-hmm. And I started I was working on Iron Man and Iron Fist. Oh, now you're speaking and my then, language. and then I moved over to D C comics for a little while. And Did uh, was up, it All Star All, all Star Squadron
1: Squad I always get the squadron books mixed yeah, up. It's, it was, um, was All Star Squadron, yeah. which was
3: like, you know, uh you know, the Justice Society plus every other character in the D C universe and every character from every comic book company that dc bought so you know you had shazam captain marvel and the marvel family you had plastic man and dow man and the contour and you name them you know i looked up and i said right what are you doing? He says, Roy. He said, This is my dream come true. This is my last hurrah in comics. I'm just going to have fun. I'm, I got all these characters from the 40s and 50s. I'm putting them all in this book. And guess who's got to draw them? <laughs> <laughs> so That's it fantastic. was great. I kept saying, I'm not George Perez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> mercy. <laughs> you know, but you know, yeah, you know, I went. You know, but Misty. Came along because uh, when I got out of uh, got out of high school and and everybody was talking about we're gonna go do comics you know it was myself and Rich and all those guys Mm -hmm. you know we said uh, let's all create a character so you know uh, for for uh, for Jim it was uh, it was Thanos and uh, for Rich it was uh, Deathlock and and Misty was mine you know so cool that's fantastic those are some awesome so cool. characters
0: yeah. uh, did you do the pencil on this drawing
3: <laughs> no that's John Byrne right
0: there. that's John I mean, Byrne yeah oh, in cuts. fact
3: he had changed the costume that I would given her and that was his first you know go at getting it printed you know yeah where he changed the costume but then they kind of went back to mm-hmm. what I had as a costume which was you know she was kind of either darkly colored you know, in a jumpsuit. The red jumpsuit yeah. yeah. Well, it color. was actually blue in the okay. beginning, but okay. but they yeah, they like, made it red very later. It's iconic on. now. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: now, what about this one? Did you pencil
3: any of this? I didn't pencil that yeah. one either. Oh, you know, so although that's, from... that's that's the that's the costume that I did. If you notice subtly on her breast is an M. You know, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah. You know. I see, that. <laughs> and, see that. Uh, huh. uh So yeah, but that's that's pretty much the costume that I created, and originally. You know where her whole arm is exposed now so that you can see this artificial she had a a gloved hand and uh, you know you couldn't tell right yeah for for what because she was a police officer Mm -hmm. and she believed in undercover like that and yeah yeah so that's the way it is yeah 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 now you know how different
2: mm -hmm. is your version of Misty Knight than the version that we saw in the defenders
3: and in Luke Cage uh, what you see in the Defenders and Luke Cage is the origin story of Misty Knight that I, I wrote.
0: Got some images yeah. of that too. Yeah.
3: So you know, for the most part, you know she started off as a police detective, and you know the story. I don't know if you saw the Defenders, but mm-hmm. you know, oh, I don't. Do. Want to Literally at three in the morning, yep. I was up watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Call yeah. Up. But that whole, you know, defender segment and everything, that was, you know, a lot of stuff that I wrote. She started off as a police officer. She was working in the community. Then she, you know, got promoted and everything was going well where she was doing what she had to do. Uh, And she was commanding, you know, over, you know, a whole precinct for the most part. She went out for a bomb scare and uh, she got caught trying to defuse the bomb getting everybody out of the building and trying to defuse the bomb she got the main part of the bomb defused but the blasting cap uh, she said Mm -hmm. I'm gonna defuse the big part the big boom part so it doesn't hurt anybody the blasting cap might hurt somebody in the room but it won't take down the building or anything like that and then she went back to get the blasting cap and it exploded before she could complete what she was doing so she actually in my version she lost both arms. Oh, uh, really? yeah. Wow. But, um, you know. Fun
1: little fun fact.
3: Well, you know, Tony Isabella said, you know, when I wanted to bring her in the Iron Fist, I said, I got a character that'll work.
1: You that know, would be got... slightly <laughs> ironic if you brought a character with no arms into <laughs> Iron Fist. Yeah.
3: With well, a potentially uh, real Iron Fist. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. yeah, so she had a real Iron you know, but she had two. And right, he says, right. nah, you got to, you know, said, I can't have a character more. The sidekick is more powerful than the main character. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so he depowered her and he, and the name I had for it he didn't like her name so he said ah, I'm changing the name and, and what was her original name uh, I don't even know if that's important anymore but uh, <laughs> well just but Mercedes that. was still in there and okay. the last name was Majors okay okay okay. Uh, okay and so we kept Mercedes and uh lost Majors that became Knight uh, and I said to Tony let's put a K in front of it so it was you know like a shiny knight. And he right. said okay and and he said you can keep Mercedes as a real name and that's how we we kind of did it cool. you know so it was what cool.
0: year was she created
3: she was created in 1974. Wow. and she was first she first debuted in 75. Very so, cool. <laughs> yeah
1: because yeah, so, she was like, mentioned before she was yeah, seen. For, yeah yeah
3: that's when me and me and uh, uh, uh Tony got together for me she was created and you know as a character without the name Misty Knight in 72. So it's, you yeah. know... That must be interesting to, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: conceptualize a character and then how does that... Do you normally, like, come up with a character and you bring it to the writer, or the writer comes up with an idea and brings it to you, or is it kind of different each time? And or? It's, it's you know.
3: organic, you know. In some cases, the story warrants it. And, you know, mm. you don't have any idea whether the character's going to be long-lasting or not. And in fact, when we created Misty Knight, it was for... That arc that we were working on, but then we both got fired off the book. I won't say, no, I won't say fired. Uh, I was moved, moved to another book, and, and then right. he was moved to another Politely book. Politely asked to go to <laughs> another project. Right. Well, we were both dangled some good stuff. You know, I was dangled the Fantastic Four, and I forgot what Tony was dangled, but, and we just said, do we want to stay on a brand new book that's just getting its right. feet, or do we want to move? To something established and, right. and 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 really make a mark and and so uh, uh, unfortunately once I uh, moved off of giving away uh, Iron Fist I had Iron Man and I, I thought I was going to do the Fantastic Four quarterly but then they canceled it. So I never got to do more than about five pages on the book before I had to move on. Uh, And then, of course, economics come into play because I'm Mm -hmm. saying, I only got one book and I need two. So I went over to D.C. and, uh, you know, I I went into Marvel one day and said, I only got one book. I'm supposed to have two. You know, what are you guys going to do about this? (laughs) He says, we don't know what we're going to do. We just don't have any work you know, any other work for you right now. So I said, I'm going over to G C and they said, Okay uh-huh. <laughs> I, kinda, I didn't work. <laughs> I kinda wanna add it on add on to Ian's
0: question a little bit now. Yeah. Um, being that you've been in this game creating hmm. comic books and everything for several decades, have you noticed has there been any sort of political pressure from like Marvel or D C or any comic book creators to go in a certain direction with things or you know, I mean, well, historically, because mm-hmm. comic books have had sort of that propaganda-ish undertoes in the beginning. like Well, like Captain America. Yeah, exactly. Know. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Now, is <laughs> in in your career, have you noticed, has there been any sort of push to do one thing or over
3: another? Or? Well, in my career, you know, editorial, you know, the, the people that, that are kind of running the comics on a daily mm-hmm. basis, they, they get together and kind of make the decision on what's going to happen company-wide. Right. And, you know, they do a summit. Yeah, they have and they sit issues. around and, right. and, and decide just well, what we're going to do over the next year. You know, now... You know, in my day, you know, when I was working, really working at Marvel, Stan Lee was still in the office. Good old Stan. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And... uh believers. us? Yeah. And Roy Thomas was, was there as well. And for the most part, they ran a little looser. You know, for the most part, you came in there, you pitched it, you pitched the story idea. Right. If they liked it, then you moved forward. If you didn't like it, you came back with another pitch. You right. Know? So that's that's kinda how it happened. But then once you get into it, the story and the characters kind of define what happens next because although you got these general parameters, right. when you're in the midst of writing it. Everything's and, ongoing. Yeah. You yeah, could just yeah. snowball and very yeah, fluent. Yep. Yeah. Something, you know, you get an idea about one, you know, where a character's going down a hallway and then it's about who's at the end of the hallway. You yeah. Know? yeah. And then you start thinking, well, what would be the best idea for that? And then you you find out, well, it's Dr. Doom at the end of the hallway or it's the green goblin or maybe it's both. Ooh, let's go with both. Can we Ooh. do both? You know <laughs> well, more is always better. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, sometimes it gets stopped because you know, well somebody else is, Got plans for the Green Goblin, like they're gonna kill him in two issues before the issue you get a chance to to do. So right. you can't use the Green Goblin. I'll I go heard
1: Marvel that. does that quite a bit, actually.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: like, um, like literally the X Men are in purgatory right now. They're literally <laughs> oh, in purgatory no, in the comics. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, that was dictated supposedly, rumors by like pro What is this lost? <laughs> Just what stuff I've read and yeah. whatnot, but. I mean, they are actually in purgatory,
3: yeah. but... Yeah, I know the Fantastic Four are gone. out there somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah they just yeah. brought back um, Johnny Storm and the Human Torch, and I think uh, they're looking for Sue and Reed. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Fantastic Four as a whole hasn't been around for about three or four years now. Yeah. Like it's been a couple of years since they got rid of the book. I mean, eh, maybe two-ish years.
3: Yeah, well, after that failed. Oh, Fantastic well, no, the reason they canceled movie, it
1: was because of that movie was coming out. Oh, so, yeah. Apparently, apparently um, Ike Perlmutter, the guy, you know, mm-hmm. the chief, You're whatever, right. at Marvel, he uh, was around the office and he saw, like, a bunch of Fantastic Four stuff and a bunch of X Men stuff and basically just told them to take it all down. And, like, they uh, canceled all the X Men toys and they couldn't cancel the books because they sold too well. But mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. Wasn't selling so well, so they canceled that book. They thought he thought of it as free advertising for other companies because oh. they didn't own 100 mm-hmm. percent of the rights. Right. Granted, this is all hearsay and mm-hmm. whatnot, but I've hearsayed it enough from enough people to, to to kind of think it might actually be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but because uh, like the 75th anniversary, they put out a deck of cards for the for Marvel, no Fantastic Four in it. I think Wolverine was in it, but that mm-hmm. was about it. Oh. Yeah. Um, and now they're starting to. The X Men are starting to slowly make their way back into main, like Marvel stories and stuff, and I think that has a lot to do with the TV partnership that's going on right now. Right,
2: yeah, like a you know the whole Sony Spider Man. Exactly, I think Marvel and it was very
1: sneaky too, because all of a sudden it was like, oh, by the way, Jeff Loeb's involved with Legion. It's like, oh, wait a second, Marvel has like Fox couldn't do an X Men show because they didn't have the TV rights to X Men, but. They own the copyright to the word mutants, and now they're making a show and another show, and it's like how that happened, and then all of a sudden ego pops up, and Guardians, and that's a Fox character, and something happened. You know, I
2: think I think what we're seeing a lot nowadays is that these companies are realizing that, hey, if we're buddies, if we you know let you play with our toys and vice versa, they can make a lot more money that way. Yeah, absolutely. And plus, us as consumers, we benefit. We get these great stories. We get these fantastic characters uh that that we wouldn't get if they kept their toys separate yeah we're not oh, talking yeah. about you batman superman though
3: there's millions mm-hmm. and millions of dollars to be made by putting them all together yeah, oh, and, yeah. You know, they just you know pull their heads out of their backsides <laughs> you, know, yep. you know yeah he says we can all make a lot more money Absolutely. i'm sure they're going to come around to that at some point you know, it's Definitely. just a matter of when you yeah. know the eagles involved mm-hmm. you know oh absolutely like, you know. <laughs> well you
1: think about it you have marvel film mm-hmm. and then marvel entertainment and those are two totally different mm-hmm. divisions and, and right. they don't really get along too well which i find yeah. interesting
3: very well you know it'll it'll happen it's like dc is kind of run top down because you know warner brothers bought dc comics a long time, a
2: long time
3: ago right and mm-hmm. uh even with that you know Every, you know, eagles are involved, so, you know, the comics division yeah. w- were just doing their own thing, and Warner Brothers was doing their own thing, and they are still playing with the same characters yeah. all the time. And, you know, and they all right. sort of kept it, you know, you know, out of each other's, you know, stayed out of each other's hair, but now they're kind of... Yeah you know, making sure that they're all trying to work together.
1: I've always found mm. that interesting, is that, is that Marvel really didn't have access to all their characters, and yeah. they were able to put together this cohesive, connected universe, whereas mm. DC literally has access to every single one of their characters, and they're trying to play catch-up.
3: Right. Well...
1: wonder if, if Wonder Woman's any indication, I think they're moving in the right direction. Yeah. That's well, about the,
3: taking those characters seriously. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely.
2: And all the rumors flying around the new DC Comics uh, movie you know, intro, with all those characters that yeah. you're seeing from, you know, Hawkman and Hawk Girl. Uh, I think was was Plastic Man in there. Everyone was pretty much
1: everyone. Yeah, yeah. pretty much everyone. But uh, I mean, what's what's your personal favorite film that they Marvel DC?
3: You know, when I was a kid, and then also to answer your question, Captain America was probably, you know, the the thing that I was most excited about when they started doing that. And then the Avengers. Mm-hmm. You know, that just I said, "Oh, now we're getting oh, now we're getting into the good stuff." Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, the the characters before the the, the Sam Raimi uh Spider-Man mm-hmm. were were cool, you know, I enjoyed seeing those uh, and, you know, maybe not as much on Ghost Rider. You know, right. uh, it's funny you say that I,
1: I for five bucks, I got like the DVD that had both of them on it. Yeah. Fell asleep watching the first one. Woke up during the second one. Didn't realize I had gotten to the second one because they're both just so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: since since Disney has acquired Marvel for the most part, like, would you oh, say yeah, coming from Marvel, have you been pleased with what's been on the screen lately?
3: i I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pleased. Not just coming from Marvel, but you know, as a fan. Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, uh, that's that's what's exciting to me. Uh, and and working at Marvel, you know, I worked at DC. I right. probably produced more books for DC than I did. For I guess Marvel. I just mean more yeah. mm-hmm.
0: as a creative yeah. in the comic book
3: field than yeah. specifically. Marvel I thought Wonder movies. Woman was 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 awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really think it was awesome. I and, agree. Um, um, it was the first time that I felt like you know, I enjoyed the Batman movies because I was a Batman fan as well uh, but I just kind of came out of them like this is, you know, it was sort of Batman held back and made too realistic, you know, it wasn't comic book enough. Right. Well, You know, I want a realistic comic book you know, yeah, uh, if
1: Batman. You, if you go too far the other way, you get Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: There's there's a subtle thing in the middle that needed to happen. I thought, I thought Wonder Batman Woman did that. Yeah. I thought
0: Batman Forever was pretty good as mm-hmm. far as that. Uh, get out of here. You've lost <laughs> really? all credibility. Really? Get out of <laughs> here. Out here. Get
1: out of here. You know, I, I need to well, find a new co host. I,
0: I was a big fan of the
2: Christopher Nolan series because mm, you know I just I, him I, if it. you if if I you know I came at it from a cinematic point of view. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I just love the depth of the character and how dark it was Mm -hmm. and how real it was. But... I understand your point mm-hmm. it was just a very grounded Batman you know yeah. like and so we got very grounded villains it worked for the Joker yeah. I don't really think it worked out for Bane too well Not so much uh, you know I would have loved to see a little bit more mystical stuff out of Rachel yeah. Gould. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah you know I, I am loving this this whole like and, and with the Justice League movie coming yeah. out and mm-hmm. then the reshoots that Joss Whedon did uh, you know adding more Wonder Woman in which I think is fantastic yeah, I agree. and I'm just holding out hope that we're going to get a good Green Lantern. I mm. hope so. I, I'm, I'm on Marvel. I'm a diehard Iron Man fan. Mm-hmm. And on DC... I am a diehard Green Lantern fan. Mm. See,
1: I'm screwed. My favorite characters are like Shade the Changing Man and like, you know, <laughs> we'll no, I'm, I'm not in Martian Manhunter. I'm yeah. not getting either of those movies. Well, maybe <laughs> am Martian Manhunter. You're going to
0: get Man Galactus, Hunter? I think. Yeah. I yeah, you I, already I mean, got Galactus. He was a, a was, a yeah, was a big floating cloud. He was a
1: hand. Yeah, he was a big floating cloud hand. I,
2: I wouldn't even mind seeing Ryan Reynolds take another stab at it because it wasn't as
1: I would because yeah. we wouldn't get more Deadpool.
3: Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. We could have a whole like. I mean, that was just, just done right. Deadpool. That was yeah.
2: just done right.
3: Yeah, I, I was worried about Deadpool. You know, I said, "How are they gonna? How's he gonna reach that fourth wall? How's he gonna, you know, uh, be all that crazy yet interesting in a movie? I just couldn't see it. He, the thought balloons weren't there. You know, so you mm-hmm. know, I'm going." How are they going to do that? They, well, they,
1: I, they pulled, pulled it off. It well, the I, answer geez.
2: was just have Ryan Reynolds act like himself. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Talk about
1: like so like you know they're always like you know this actor's a good vehicle for this movie. Yeah. It's kind of like Ryan Reynolds was like Deadpool was the v, like reverse. Right. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Keanu Reeves. He's never a good vehicle for the movie. The movie's always a good vehicle for Keanu Reeves.
4: Right. I like. Keanu. I love
1: Keanu Reeves. I'm just saying movies find him he doesn't find movies or wait no he finds movies movies don't find him one of the two I I don't think know. you're
2: thinking of Nick Cage
1: Nick Cage can play anything
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: here's Nick Cage with a script yeah. I'll do it <laughs> yeah. every time reach one page and i will do it right I mean it's the only way to explain it and that's how we got the second Ghost Rider movie <laughs> <laughs> Just the, the freaking out of the face and when he was transforming that yeah. killed.
1: No, me. there's there's a picture out there somewhere of it's him and Andrew Dice Clay and Nick Cage is wearing a shirt of Nick a caricature of Nick Cage holding mm. a pimp cup with a giant gold chain on. <laughs> That's a real picture that exists. I'm pretty sure it was taken in Texas or something. It's it's out of there. It's in the evening. Fantastic. Ether. Yeah, it's a real thing. I want that shirt. So badly.
0: <laughs> so, as a Detroit native, let yeah. me ask you this: How do you feel the Detroit art scene has progressed over the last twenty, thirty years? You know,
3: you... I think it's just now coming back into its own. Exactly. It was, it was major in the '60s mm-hmm. and through the early '70s, mm-hmm. and then everybody said anything coming out of Detroit isn't worth anything except the techno scene, right? You yeah. know, yep. and and then but everything else was sort of going away. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is, you know, the world is turning its attention back this way because of the success of the city, mm-hmm. and and with that, you know, I mean, all these, you know, crazy new bands and you know, and the excitement that's coming back to the city, I think is 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 starting to uh, to push things. Yeah, definitely. Know.
1: It's different down there now. You know mm-hmm. than it was 10 years ago it's it's oh, a yeah. different feel it's a different vibe it's it's very much a destination to go to mm. things to do people to see you know like i have friends who live down there now and yeah. you know on the weekends people want to go down there like when we work on production stuff a lot of the shoots are down there
4: yeah mm-hmm. um
1: you know it's 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 really cool to see because when i was younger my dad uh, he does commercial real estate and he was always like detroit's coming back detroit's coming back and mm-hmm. then, you know i'd be five and he'd be like you're crazy
0: and i didn't right. realize until we started really putting this stuff together how many great artists and oh yeah all over downtown like that are from Mm -hmm. metro detroit who are
3: native to this area just it's pretty remarkable well you know it's that blue collar society that we're in and people want to escape they Mm. want to get out of that nine to five punch the clock make the little money you know and go home and and crash in front of the tv people who you know I mean, Detroit is smart. I mean, yep. people are smart here, and they they want to do more. And there's a part of them that's been left, you know, under the table for so long that they said, "Look, you know, things are happening. I'm going to pull out what I what I got, what I'm all about, right? And and just express myself. And that's really what put it all together. Yeah, Detroit's yeah. to really
2: become an incubator for mm-hmm. for a lot of different creatives, from uh, from you know, actual artists. To musicians, to filmmakers, to writers, and it, it's—I think it's all. You know, when it comes down to it, it's you know like the phoenix rising out of the ashes. Detroit has been through so much, mm-hmm. with the the failure of the audio industry and then coming back, and and just showing that you know we're we're Detroit tough, you know, and it's not just a stupid slogan. It's just mm-hmm. we really are, Real you know. Talk. We've been here. Yeah I mean, and we haven't went anywhere and it's those pe- it's the people that never gave up on Detroit that
3: that are really helping revitalize it. Absolutely. Definitely. And you know, the politics have to catch up because for a minute there we had this uh growth because of the film incentives yeah. which also went almost to everything else. Don't get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. This you is know, a comic book like, show. Yeah, not... <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, hey, it's uh, you know, but the thing about it is from uh, in the 70s, as far as Detroit is concerned, me and my group, there were about 15 of us, you know, that went to Marvel. If I could name all of the names, either Marvel or DC. And for a minute there, we were almost running. You know, Detroit was almost running Marvel and DC Comics.
1: Hmm. That's uh, something I did not know. That is really, I didn't know really, that either. really yeah. cool.
3: Well, you know, let's take a guy uh, who's from Detroit, that whose name you probably have heard, who went on to do the uh the, uh, the Justice League uh, car, uh, cartoons, who headed it, you know, was Dwayne McDuffie.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's I, from, actually, yeah. I knew that actually.
3: Yeah, and, you know, he's from Detroit. And, uh, you know, Jim Starlin, just the whole cosmic thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's responsible <laughs>
1: for that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: You know, and kind of taking Marvel into a whole, in fact, what Marvel's doing now is all based on that kind of stuff that he was doing back then you know, so yeah, in, it's forgotten gotten cosmic full you know? circle yeah, yeah it just so, comes if back if you can't
0: find your s- escape create yours that's fantastic that should be the show motto
3: Good, right. I want a t-shirt <laughs> yeah. yeah. alright
0: uh, Ian you're on the t-shirts available at mm-hmm. newradiomedia.com well Arvel Jones thank you so much yes, for thank you. being you on our first episode was of Geek Tame Weekly greatly
1: appreciated and it was awesome to get to talk
3: to you yes a pleasure you know I can geek out all day Awesome. Well, we'd love to have, <laughs> you, yeah, back to have you back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Geek we'll, out some more. <laughs> yes,
0: we will, we will definitely do that. And it's been a great first show. I'm R.D. I'm Ian. And I'm Andy. And we have our special guest, Arvell Jones, for episode one. Thank you guys. You're listening to Geek Tainment Weekly, watching Geek Tainment Weekly right here on New Radio Media. Have a wonderful day. Peace.